Hello and welcome. My name is Goose and you are listening to The Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people looking to create a life of freedom, choice and abundance. And joining us today is none other than the one of our a, a close friends, a great mentor and just quietly, probably one of the most intelligent and wise people I know, the inimitable Ben Slater. Welcome, Ben. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and, and your business journey and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, I guess my intro into business and investing was maybe quite similar to a lot of other people. But when I was about 16, my family went through a bit of financial trouble, like a lot of financial trouble, I should say. We lost houses. We lost cars. And I remember having this thought that came into my head. So we had um, repo people come and take my dad's car one day. And I remember I was sitting there and I thought to myself, I never want to be in this position, which is a really weird thing because my, the reason that we were in that position, my father was an entrepreneur and he put it all on the line and he kind of lost it in that moment. Wow. And it's interesting because like I could have easily gone a more safe route and said, well, this is what happened to my father. Maybe I shouldn't do that. But I had the opposite thought. And so did my brother and so did my sister. We all thought control. We all thought, okay, we never want to experience this again. And that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey. It put a seed in my head. And I've just been trying to figure out things ever since that moment. That was really the start for me. That is really interesting. And so one of the reasons we wanted to get you on this podcast is because for us, you know, we consider ourselves to be entrepreneurs as well. But, and I think that there is a lot of the time a, a disconnect between people who want to invest in property and, but also the way they necessarily think. And what I've actually found objectively is that the people that are most successful, not only in investing in real estate, but in general, are the most entrepreneurially minded. So we look, want to try and bridge that, bridge that gap between these, these two kind of ideas. It's quite interesting that, you know, your father was an entrepreneur and that didn't work and that actually is what inspired you to to really go on your journey not just you but also your, your siblings as well why do you think that is the case that when you saw your father fail what part of that inspired you to go on that path as opposed to you know going down just getting a job and going for stability yeah well i think it was the seeing his system fail him and, and there's a great quote that i saw one day that really really connected with me and was given to me by another mentor, he said, build your own system or be enslaved by another person's. I guess that what is what it was in that moment because, you know, although I love my father and he's an amazing role model and taught me so much, in that moment, I knew that I wasn't going to get an inheritance. So it just kicked me into gear because it was like, hey, you're responsible for your future. You're responsible for your family. What are you going to do about it? And I remember my brother and I, we kind of started to put our heads together at that moment, although it didn't necessarily manifest for another two or three years. That's when I started studying. That's when I started, I guess, paying attention to what are successful people actually doing? How are they building wealth? What, what are the traits? What are the habits? And yeah, I guess unconsciously, I just started to pay attention. A few years later, everything really changed after that. Is it fair to say that, you know, because there's obviously main, there's a lot of different drivers behind why people even want to create wealth or whatever. It's usually geared around, you know, freedom, significance, transformation. 
And when we sort of get into that, it's often tied to legacy. I want to have something for my kids and my family. It's interesting that that was kind of the big thing for you, that you realized that your family wasn't in a position to have that legacy. So is that something that's important to you now in, in the way you spend your time in your business? Yeah, well, like I think often we'll have a positive and negative drivers. And like if I look back, so I went to a private school and I grew up in Sydney and I never wanted for anything growing up. And my dad was really wealthy, he was really successful. And having that polarity at that age of that, I was about 16, it was one of the best things that happened to me because if I look at my overall group of friends, there are three of us that are interested in wealth building today. And what I would say around that is that three people that are much more entrepreneurially minded, more open-minded with wealth. And if I look at now, what was going on in the formative years, like around late teens, we all had financial trouble. And I was like, okay. And then I look at everyone else. It was very comfortable for them. Their parents were wealthy. They bought them cars, all that kind of stuff. And I remember there was three of us who, you know, we were always a little bit short of money. We were always struggling a little bit more. We weren't as abundant, I guess, from what was given to us in that moment. But that's a great gift because it forces you to activate your assets and it forces you to look at the bigger picture and say, is this good enough for where I want to go? And I guess one of the things that I'd, I'd love to discuss on the podcast is like perhaps that challenge is a necessary part of the wealth building journey and actually feeling that more deeply because you can shut it down and try and turn it off those formative things that happened to us in our past or you can look at it and learn to love it because you're like, well, if that didn't happen to me, maybe I'd be sitting in a cubicle somewhere, not enjoying my life as much with less freedom, less abundance and making less money. So, you know, where's the negative in that? You know, it's, it's quite powerful. It's almost an infallible truism that to the degree that you face adversity is to the degree that you will find success. Now, that's not obviously not for everyone, but it is, it is one of those things that f- there'll be a fork in the road kind of moment for a lot of people where they'll, they'll make that, that choice whether they want to rise up to the challenge or, or be beaten down by it, which is quite interesting. So what the um, title of today's podcast is The Universal Laws That Govern Success and Fulfillment. Now, one of the things that um, we know about you that other people might not is your deep and passionate understanding of not only business philosophy, but life philosophy, uh, all the way through, you know, from ancient philosophies through to modern marketing and all of that kind of stuff. I really want to kind of explore those fundamental pieces like we just spoke about then, adversity and things like that and how that can kind of transform around, how we can explore that kind of stuff. But I just want to ask a couple of quick questions before we crack open that can, so to speak. Tell us a little bit about your vision of success and how you're investing your time, energy and focus to achieve that vision of success. Yeah, well, look, there's a few things that I think about when I think about success. One is financial freedom, definitely. Then I have uh, time freedom as well. And I think it's very, very easy to just focus on one of those, right? It's very, very easy to try and be time free to the point of destroying your financial abilities. And it's very, very easy to be financially free whilst destroying your ability to be time free. So it's almost like each level of this gets 
more advanced and adds a, an extra level of complexity. And it's a challenge that I really like to think about. Then I've also got geographic freedom, which is another one. Now, that's something that I think that's quite new in the type of space we find ourselves in because of the internet. We can be completely geographically free. That to me is just something that doesn't have to connect with everyone on the podcast, but for me personally, it's always been a goal of my life is I want to travel on 24 hours notice. I want to be able to pick up and I want to have the finance and the time freedom to be able to pick up and go, bang, where do I want to be in the world today? I want to make uh, the world my house and, and live in that way. That inspires me. Uh, then I've also got freedom of relationships, which is having the courage to cut away when things aren't working, but also having the courage to find groups of people who are inspiring and moving towards where I want to go. Mentors, things like that, family, all of those sort types of things. Uh, and then I've got freedom of purpose, which is the last one. And that is having the courage to, no matter what's happening in my business life, my investing life, being willing to burn everything to the ground in a moment if I feel like I'm off path and having the courage to, to get back on path. So they're the five things I'm always trying to assess is where are those? They're my five bank balances, I could say, when it comes to investing because that's the goal of my investment. If I'm not living through those five things, then I'll feel less successful. Interesting. And, and you know, you invest in business, right? I'm interested to know your perspective on investing in real estate, but... But really, when we talk about real estate, when we talk about business, when we talk about any of these kind of things, they're really just pillars, right? There is no, there is no one way that's necessarily better to invest. There's just different ways with different pros and cons, you know? So investing in business is probably uh, faster and higher return, but maybe less structural stability. There's a, few, there's a few different components to it. For a lot of people listening to this podcast and in Australia in general, part of our culture is built around investing in property because, you know, it's... You can't go wrong with bricks and mortar, safe as houses, all of these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting hearing you say uh, and talk about these buckets because I have the great and genuine pleasure of being able to speak with literally dozens of people every week mm. about investing in property and always ask them why. And interestingly, it comes down to really those same characteristics. They, when they really boil down to it, they want the ability to have freedom, time freedom, it might be the freedom to work by choice, freedom to spend time with the family, freedom to travel as much as they want. They want to be able to have impact and significance. So they want to be able to choose the relationships that they have and really, and really push into those and, and create a lasting impact on the world. And it's, it's really interesting that it's quite similar. The drivers behind your business and entrepreneurial journey are literally not really any different at all from a mum and dad investor looking to, to, to buy a, you know, a $300,000 uh, rental property in the mortgage belt, right? Yeah. Which is quite an interesting thing. Now, you've actually got a book coming out as well. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about what that's about and it might set the tone for the rest of the podcast? Yeah. Uh, so this is my second book. I've written a book about business. Uh, but this book to me is very, very tied up in that purpose piece. Uh, the first book and a lot of my journey so far has been trying to secure some of those earlier things. You know, the finance, I've really studied income very, very heavily, studied marketing, studied sales. And I guess that was something we were talking about earlier. You know, do I invest in property? And my answer to that question at the moment is no. And the reason is I have made a lot of investments 
in business and specifically into information. I guess I'll, I'll give a bit of context as to my journey so you, you can understand where I'm coming from a little bit here. But just after that issue that I had with the family finances, I didn't deal with that very well. And I was very young at the time, very immature, also had a lot of energy. And I put that energy into taking drugs. I was upset. I didn't know how to verbalize it. I didn't know how to communicate. And I felt like my support network, my structure was kind of pulled out from underneath me. And instead of being vulnerable and trying to help to solve the problems, for a couple of years there, I just started to increasingly take a lot of drugs. I started with marijuana, moved to MDMA and just everything I could get my hands on, essentially. Look, a lot of my friends were the same, you know, like we would go out every weekend and just take as many drugs as humanly possible. And it would always end poorly. Uh, someone would break down, someone would physically or mentally, something would happen. And that was the end. It was who could compete to do the stupidest thing. And whoever did it that weekend had the little crown and we just went around in circles. It was very boisterous. And anyway, so that went on for a few years and there came a point, like I started to feel this growing like social unease around these people who, who are my great friends. And I knew that something was off, something was wrong. And it just kept bubbling up. It was kind of like a, a snowball just that was rolling down the hill and gathering momentum. And yeah, I started to experience uh, splits or psychotic episodes. Were very, very severe, very painful. And I had about 20 to 25 of those over about a year period. So I came out the back of this I'm heavily medicated, sitting across from a psychiatrist telling me that I've got a chemical imbalance in my brain and I'm sitting there looking at her just saying, thinking to myself, bullshit. I knew the path that I fucking took into this and the path was about me overly abusing these drugs and I told her that. I lost a lot of trust in the system at that moment because immediately the vector was placed into the outside world. Oh, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. And by the way, you're going to have to be heavily medicated for the rest of your life. Hearing that was again another challenge to me. It was that same quote of build my own system or be enslaved by these people's system. I immediately knew I just was going to find something to fix me. So I remember I set an intention around that time. And funnily enough, now, there's another great quote, when the student is ready, the mentor will appear. My brother really put a lot of energy into helping me around that time. He actually secured me a mentorship with a guy called Lachlan Cameron. And Lachlan was wealthy, successful, healthy guy, a bit older. He was about 50 years old. And he took me under his wing for 90 days. At the back of that 90 days, I was off my medication. I threw it in the bin. I never took it again. Lachlan was the only person that encouraged me to do that. No one else did. I was starting to think about business. I had dropped out of my university degree. I had one subject left to go on a finance degree. I remember Lachlan asked me one day, Ben, do you see yourself in finance in five years? Nope. So why are you doing it? First time that someone had actually asked me what I really want to do. And I realized that all of the things that I was doing was based around what my grandparents and what my parents wanted for me. It was such a strong breakthrough. 
And it's funny, one question just has the power to completely change the trajectory of life. And just never went back. Threw the medication in the bin, just burnt everything to the ground. It was like a clean slate. A lot of my friends that I was hanging out with at that time, you know, I stopped hanging out with them because I realized that they were on a path and I wanted to go on this other path. And it was all thanks to this one man and just a series of questions. He would just catch up with me every week and just ask me just these penetrating questions. And I remember I was just like mouth gaped and like, okay, okay. And I just had breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And he just listened to me. He never judged me. And he changed my life. Wow. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. You suffered financial hardship. Your dad failed in, in business and you had everything repossessed. Life wasn't that great. And you became a drug addict and a university dropout. Pretty powerful stuff, right? So how has that shaped your current energetic input into life? We spoke earlier about how adversity is the diametrically opposed force to success. How has that impacted your life uh, and, and helped you turn it around? Yeah, well, the psychosis was very formative for me because those moments are like walking into a bonfire and just getting burnt away. Like everything just burns off you. It's like the masks that you are wearing. They almost like attack you. There's a good scene actually in the movie Inception. I'm sure everyone's seen it where kind of sitting at that little cafe and Leonardo DiCaprio is sitting with the girl and it's the first time they're in the dream scene. And he sort of turns to her and says, you're aware we're dreaming right now. And everything just starts exploding. The boxes, the cars, everything's just up and crazy. And she gets so excited because she's like, oh, this is amazing. So she starts pulling all these windows and all the mirrors. And DiCaprio says something really beautiful. He says, be careful with what you're doing here because if the unconscious becomes aware that you're just shifting everything around, it's going to attack you. And that, when I saw that scene, that is such a beautiful moment of psychosis for me because that was kind of what it was like. You know, people think that these people are losing their minds, but there's something deeper in it. And this is what has given me the fuel for the rest of my life. I will never, ever stop. Because what I saw in psychosis was I peered into this realm where everything was connected to everything else. And I had conversations that were deep and meaningful that didn't necessarily exist, but I learned so much. And it was so painful and it was shocking, but I came out the other side of that and I just had this insatiable curiosity for reality. Mate, I love that. I personally uh, never experienced psychosis on that level, but certainly there's a lot of um, similarities between your journey and my journey, particularly with heavy substance abuse and all of that kind of stuff. And for me, I think I was motivated in a very similar way to you to, in that depth of knowing, just pushing and pushing and pushing to see what was there. And I can, um, I can objectively say that it is through that journey that I have gained the most clarity around the world around me because it's given me a unique perspective to understand the interrelation of so many different forces in the world as i'm very happily completely clean and sober i don't drink i don't do anything anymore and, and i'm i'm in the best shape mentally and, and physically in my life and i couldn't possibly be happier and live a fulfilled existence but i'm actually really grateful to have gone through that darkness because that's what's actually fueling 
my ability to, to drive forward in, in both business, real estate and life right now. Thanks for sharing. It's really powerful. How is that related to the book that you want to produce or that you actually are producing is coming out soon, right? So tell us a little bit about that. And then I want to break into some kind of tactical kind of things that people can take away and think about and, and eat and digest concepts and ideas that people can, you know, leave this show with and have go, oh my God, I, I hadn't thought about things like that. We'll try and get a couple yeah. of really key pieces <clears> like that. But tell us a little bit about your book, Seed of Life. Yeah. So one of the big things that Lachlan really taught to me so one of the big things that Lachlan really taught to me was to run a very broad perspective. He always used to talk about health, wealth, and happiness. And he said, Ben, the key to life is to be happy today while striving for more tomorrow. That's so awesome. Yeah. And he's just like embedding these philosophies for me. And one of the things he did is he gave me the footnotes to the greatest thinkers that ever lived. Every single week, he would give me these readings, 80 to 100 pages, and quote after quote after quote after quote. And what I did was I highlighted all the quotes, pulled them all out, and went and bought every single one of the books. Now, that was the start of my library. And you guys have seen it. I've got a library of probably around 1,200 to 1,500 books uh, at my place. And that became my real study. All of the energy that I had for taking drugs and destroying my life and destroying my body and not taking care of myself flipped on a dime. And I started to invest that into study. The real driver for this was... I was looking for evidence of the fact that I wasn't crazy because I knew I wasn't crazy. And, you know, everything around me was saying, Ben, you're crazy. But I knew I'd, I'd, I'd seen something and I will spend the rest of my life finding evidence of it. And that's my driver. That's, that's why I'm in business. That's why I do what I do because that moment of connection for me was worth my whole life. I found that harmony exists and if there's anything to shoot for for me as my purpose it's to help people to create harmony and whether that be through business or investing or just generally in their personal lives uh, that's really what i commit to so the book you know it's about harmony and one of the pieces uh, that i found in the lives of these interesting people so people like plato and leonardo da vinci and Giordano Bruno, these really profound thinkers, they all had a common study. Isaac Newton was another one. Now, this study is called Hermetics. And Lachlan taught this to me. I was really, really interested in Hermetics because all lines seem to lead back to this very strange occult style of uh, wisdom. It was just popping up all the time, all the time. It could be called sacred geometry or universal laws, the study of universal laws. As a result, I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper. So one of the principles that I found is the law of yin and yang. The dynamics between those, like how those exist in a person, in finance, in business. Everything that exists is a balance or a harmony between masculine and feminine or yin and yang. And that's not sexually. You could say that, okay, Ben, I'm a man, but I also have a, a feminine side. You know, I have a left and a right side of the brain. There's a night and a day. There's the tide coming in. There's the tide going out. There's the heartbeat. There's the blood moving out from the heart and moving back in. There's the breath. Yeah. Everything seems to be this flux, this dynamic between expression and impression. I just saw that. 
every single thing I experienced in my life aligned to that. And I was like, well, if that's the nature of things, how can I align my business to that? How can I align my personal life to that? And there's a really powerful quote uh, by a great genius called Buckminster Fuller. He's been a huge influence for me. Love Buckminster Fuller. He's a fascinating guy. He was a polymath to study everything. He's got some great books. You should definitely check them out. Great investor too. Put it on the line many, many times. Yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. He, he, to, to me, he uh, epitomizes one of the great entrepreneurial minds that's ever existed, both in thought and action. Yeah, well, one of his quotes, this uh, really sparked off this whole book journey for me and, and really what I want to write about was that because the world is constructed of geometric relations like the Fibonacci sequence and the pi ratio, by thinking about geometry all the time, one can organize and harmonize their life with the structure of the universe. And this is really what we're talking about is these simple, very simple geometric relationships that if you understand them, your life starts to become a song. The philosophers called it the music of the spheres. You know, people like Pythagoras and Plato, your life starts to harmonize with the universe around you. And for me, that's flow state. You know, everyone talks about flow state and all the tactics and things about how to get into it and biohacking and all of these types of things. But for me, it's a mental moment of realizing that you're part of the universe and your perception is the projection. And, and, it, and there's a feedback loop there. There's a cycle. And for me, all my power, all my wealth, all of my ideas come from surrendering to that truth. Some people don't even understand what flow state is, you know. So how would you describe being in flow? Because you know, everyone's experienced it. I'm certain every single person on earth has been in a flow state. What's your take on, on what that is? And, and So there's a really beautiful Hindu image. It's, of, uh, it's called Dancing Shiva. I love this image. It's in fact, my girlfriend actually asked me, Ben, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, buy me this statue. I love this specific image. So Shiva is like the God. He is like the, the Godhead. He's the creator of yoga. He's like the, you know, the wise old man, that kind of guy, that kind of figure in this Hindu mythology. And there's this beautiful image where half of his body is in a warrior stance. And if you've ever seen a yoga pose warrior, it's where the knees kind of forward and you're kind of in attack mode. And then the other side of his body is kind of moving back and it's withdrawn and it's kind of feminine and, and a bit more surrendered, we could say. Now he's standing on top of like a, a little child, which might seem a bit crazy, but he's standing on top of a little child and he's in, in this ring of fire. Now, this image for me perfectly epitomizes flow state because flow isn't to me about just fighting, fighting, fighting all the time. There's this other piece of surrendering to the voice of intuition or listening to what's happening in the world around you. And for me, that's when you're in flow because flow would be when you're creating something meaningful, you're fighting for what you believe, your purpose, your finance, your, your vision, but you also feel completely supported and connected to the synchronicity, to the universe, to the things around you. And it takes real courage to listen to that inner voice 
that's helping you to create the outer vision. And that is that piece for me. That's been my real study over these past six, seven years is how can I drop into that space as frequently as often as possible? It's hard, right? Like it's not easy. You may only achieve five minutes of that space. But what I can tell you is that all of my best ideas have come when I've listened to that voice and dropped into that space. All of my breakthroughs in business, all of like everything meaningful in my life seems to come from the small moments where I felt that connection and responded appropriately. It's really about finding that equilibrium in life, mindset, energy, really. Because energy energy is the ultimate thing that's driving any of us. You've got financial energy, uh, emotional energy, all of that kind of stuff. How can people sort of dial in and start to get that balance? Because it's easy to say, oh, you know, you've got to live a balanced life. I mean... You know, from my perspective, and again, you know, I get to speak to people about this every day. That's what everyone wants. Mm. Most people, when I talk to them, don't actually want to quit their jobs. They like working. Everyone likes to have purpose. They would just want more balance. It's not about being able to sit on the couch forever and never having to do anything. Nobody wants that. Everyone wants balance. How could you guide people towards finding that state, that balance? Yeah, so let's pull this down now and make it really, really tangible. I like to start off with the philosophies and then you know just give you some actionable takeaways and we went perfect high into the ether now we're going to come down into the tangible actionable stuff everything is an octave this is another universal law is because the world is energy frequency and vibration it's sound and the best way to think is in terms of this octave now what i've discovered is that there's an octave of life and that there are actually eight areas of life but they have seven primary expressions, just exactly the same as the octave. So those areas, first one is health. That's your base. Without health, obviously, you die. It's like the most important thing. Then you have social dynamics. Then you have your family dynamic. So those three take up a very, very specific energy. So just keep those in mind. They belong in a, in a bucket, we could say. So we have health or the body. We have social dynamics and family dynamics got it so the next three we have finance and values then we have career and direction then we have intellect and the mind so you see those three take a very very different form and this is where that principle of Lachlan Cameron starts to come in how do I be happy today while striving for more tomorrow one of the most absurd things is that we never get taught anything about any of those areas. What do we get taught about real health at school? We get the food pyramid. It's completely backwards. We get nothing about social dynamics, you know, a little bit of public speaking, get up there. People are just completely scared of like, you know what I mean? It's like Lord of the Flies with a couple of really bad ideas thrown in, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got family dynamics and that's uh, just a complete chasm. No one goes there. Finances... You don't even get taught how to do a bloody tax return no. at school. Like, you're crazy to me, right? The career direction, it's all about fitting into someone else's box. Again, where is the encouragement to getting people to create their own systems? Intellect, you know, where is the wisdom in these systems? But anyway, uh, that's aside. That's another personal yeah. vendetta <laughs> of me. I could go all day on that. So these areas. So here, here's a powerful analogy, a way to think about this. It's been really helpful for me. 
Imagine that you're, you're in a house and you've got two activities. You can plant trees and you can eat fruit. And one of the biggest mistakes that I've made after coming through all of this trauma is the way that I made myself feel okay about what I'd done, about everything that I experienced, was to work harder and do more. So very, very focused on finance, very, very focused on career and intellect. So it's like planting trees. So you imagine I'm just going out from my house every single day, planting trees, planting trees, planting trees. And you know, I'm getting further and further out from the house. And the thing is, I have to work longer and further because I'm getting further and further away from the house. And all of a sudden, I turn around and I'm on this horizon. I look behind me and there's it's hundreds of trees. This is as far as the eye can see. I turn around and I realize that there is no one there to eat the fruit with me. And I have completely completely imbalanced myself and I've lost integrity with what I'm trying to achieve. I guess this is a really powerful thing to think about because like, what's the actual reason? And I look at that as saying, well, the only way to be happy today is really to focus on those first three areas, which is health, social, and family. Is my body feeling good? And who do I have to eat the fruit with? We go on these wide cycles of, of maybe two years of heavily focused on business and then we pop out the end and we're like, oh shit, I am completely socially inept. My real thought around this was, I wonder what would happen is if I spend perhaps half of my day planting trees and then I spend half of my day figuring out how to eat the fruit. Now that might be a going to yoga as a personal health action. That might be calling up a friend, that might be extending myself for a social interaction, that might be doing something meaningful with my family or for my family. And instead of waiting for the universe to give me a reason to do it, what if I did it on a daily level? What if I just ran this health, wealth, relationship cycle and I didn't put health on a pedestal above my health and my relationships? You can see people swing both ways, right? You, see, yeah. you, you know, some people just... You know, workaholics and they're, they're never home. And they never see their family. They're doing it in their mind for their family. Yeah. They're working six and seven days a week to make money. They're trying to invest in property. They care about their family, but they're actually not spending any time with their family. You see that also in people who have actual health problems where they, where they become gym addicts and different things like this, where you see it go the other way, where they're still mm. compromising those, those other areas. The yin side of, of this equation is uh, health, social family and the yang the masculine side of this equation is finance career and intellect there's six what are these other two so the last one is really interesting so if you think about an octave so there's really eight notes in the octave but there's actually seven notes because the first note and the eighth note have a very very special relationship you see it's the same note but the, the eighth note of the octave is the first note of the next one and it just continues in infinite cycle mm. it's a fractal infinite octave just extending into the future it's really the same thing this is intimacy now intimacy is really the center my ultimate philosophy is is what i think that we are all chasing in life whether we know it or not is that we are trying to become dynamically intimate with the world now that mm. may be with ourselves that may be with our intimate partner that might be with our relationship with God, in, in whatever way that takes its form for you, whether you're a Hindu, um, a Mohammedan, uh, 
Christian, whether you're just someone that believes in the universe itself, whether you're a yogi, doesn't necessarily matter. But that relationship, I believe, is, is really important. Or whether you're an atheist and you don't believe anything at all, it's just crystallizing that view for me is, is such an important piece of life. So you imagine that all lines kind of lead back to this center sphere. And that center sphere for me is intimacy. And it's all about connection. So that really is, is where it all leads to. And it's so, so easy to lose that. It is so easy when we're trying to build wealth. That's probably the most common thing because in the West, we have a more of a swing. Like if you look at, okay, the world as a, as a whole, you know, where do we sit right now as human beings? You know, we put a lot of ourselves into the pursuit of wealth and mind. We live in a more masculine uh, swing right now. And my view is that you want to polarize yourself instead of letting the world do it for you. It's again that create my own system. I don't want to be enslaved by society. I, I want to be free. To me, real freedom comes when you realize that I have these seven energies, that it's my role to nurture, it's my role to master, it's my role to figure out the truth of those areas. And if I'm unprepared to do that, then I do not belong as a master. I belong in the masses and I will never be free. And that was the big breakthrough that I had. And you know, as a result, it inspires everything I do. It's the main thing that I cover in, in business is just trying to get people aware of, you know, how are these affecting the other six and seven areas of life and how do these interrelate? That is extremely powerful because I think that, you know, when we talk about investing in real estate, it, it is a business, you know, and that's how people need to uh, consider it to be successful. And the way we talk about investing in real estate is that every property you buy is a business and it's a product and you're serving the clients who are tenants within that dwelling. And it's, so the same kind of principles apply. It sounds to me like the first and eighth notes in this octave of life are really not only the core, but also the capsule. So if you think about it as a shell almost with which everything else can fit, and if you can kind of push everything into that shell, then that's when you're going to have one whole. And it's interesting as well, because when you actually take this framework and these ideas and apply that in a process of self-analysis, I think it's very hard to get into that kind of completely balanced position. But without having any metrics or any frameworks to measure that on, you're, you're going to be completely lost, right? Without actually having some, some way to go, okay, am I, am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? So is this a sort of a framework that people can apply? Is this something yeah. that they'll learn in the book? Yeah, so the ultimate action that we take around this and the whole mm. reason that we went into this philosophy is, is to pull it down into, okay, if we know that there's these areas, what do we do with it? The simple system that I use personally is every single month I sit down and I draw seven circles that interlock. It's an ancient symbol. It's called the seed of life. And I put in those circles, I put an area, and I'm sure we can include this in the, in the yeah, show Yeah, we'll chuck it in the show notes. Yeah, 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 so I've got these diagrams all, all set out already. And what I do is I score myself from zero to seven in those areas. And I look at where am I really? And... This is a subjective, and this is very, very important here. This isn't where am I in comparison to my neighbor, John, who's been sitting out the front doing bicep curls all, all day, every day. Like, you know, what's the size of my bicep compared to oh, him? Oh, Johnny God. Big Guns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So this is completely based on me, subjective. A good example of this is, is health. So if I was to walk in the street and I see someone who's 150 kilos, immediately my mind would go, if I was to score that person, oh, geez, I might be a zero, maybe like a 0.2, something like that. Now, little do I know that person has been in the gym training for the past 90 days and he's down from 180 down to 150. Killing it. Yeah. In his world, he's on the path. And this is the really big thing that I've discovered about this whole system. It is, has nothing to do with state and it ha- has everything to do with momentum. How you feel about the direction that you're going, it's a feeling base. It is subjective. It's not objective. And that is a very challenging thing for people to get with because all of our goals are very finite, right? Like we have a finite financial goal. This is the moment where everything's going to be perfect for me and I'm going to be safe and secure. And Mate, I see that. I, I see that so much. You know, they're like, oh, I just need to get to 100,000 passive. I'm like, then what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so go on. So what if? The real piece of this was that it was just an infinite game mm. where you're constantly, no matter what's going on, fighting the two forces of momentum. And am I moving forwards or am I moving backwards? And if that became the real game in these seven areas, in my view, you just cut away from what everyone else is doing because Johnny Big Guns over there, it becomes less relevant for me. And, I, and maybe I'll go out there and, and smile and support him and be like, okay, awesome. I'm going to go and do my yoga or I'm going to go and do my thing that I love because that makes me feel like I'm in momentum. That just goes around the circle. So I go health, social, family, finance, career, intellect, intimacy. Score myself out of seven. And I'm going to learn something about myself here. Usually what I learn is that there is an area of life that is very imbalanced that I would like to balance and I would like to get back into momentum. So the second thing that I do is capture the momentum. I draw an arrow. Am I moving forwards or backwards in these areas just so I can capture the picture of of right now? So that gets me aligned to the truth. And I've heard it said that all results begin in truth. So there's a subjective analysis of, okay, where am I? Bang. Next step. Momentum. Next step. What am I going to do about it? And this is where I set goals based on where I'm really at. And for example, so let's say that I'm a, I'm a two in finance, like in that month. I want to just up my savings. You know, what, what's the thing that I can do in that month that's going to shift the game? Okay, put 20% of business income. I was doing 10, put 20. Let's see what I can do. And the thing is, is that if you respond in that way, you capture your cycle of life, the music of your spheres. You capture What's happening on a 30-day cycle instead of letting the universe just completely slap you down on a maybe a two-year cycle of completely ignoring your health and finding yourself on a hospital bed or finding yourself even hit by a car or something like that? Totally. I, I think that's a really massive thing that I see personally as well is, is that people get lost. And, and the thing is that it can take them years to work out that they've been going on the wrong path. A, because they don't have any idea of, of where they're trying to actually really get to and whether the steps they are taking are functionally moving them in that direction. Yep. They lose momentum because they don't have any structure, system, team, processes, or ideas to give them the perspective they need on their own life to be able to continue that momentum. And 
they compare themselves with, with what everybody else is doing. They might have bought two investment properties or they might have bought 10, but they're still not happy because somebody else has bought 12 or somebody's got a nice car and five or you know they, they need to work harder because they need to do this. And all of a sudden, their focus becomes misaligned with the truth and the happiness that they really want to achieve in life and the ultimate purpose, the ultimate game, the ultimate harmony. That music that, is, that, that happens, that's what it's really all about is it's, it's harmony. So I think that's super powerful stuff to be able to have a metric or a system or a process of self-analysis, self-critique to create that honesty and that clarity. Because you talk about you know, creating your own system so that you don't become a slave to somebody else's. Now, if I could distill this down, it's really about harmony, control, and clarity, right? If you've got clarity, then you can maintain control. And if you've got harmony, you're going to be achieving what you want, actually really want, not what you think you might want. It's pretty powerful stuff. And having control, like most people want that ability to have control. They don't necessarily want to change everything in their life, but they want control over their future, over their harmony. Well, I would say responsibility as well, because it does take courage to cut away from what everyone else wants for you or thinks you should be. And to listen to this inner voice or inner vision that's telling you what you could be. And oftentimes, you know, you might have an awesome month. Like, for example, I've only had three months in my life. So I've been doing this for seven years now. So seven years, 12 months, you know, what is that? 86 times, something like that. Yep. I've had three moments where I've been moving forwards in all seven of the seven areas of life. That's pretty good going. Yeah. Well, I thought it might be more. You know, I didn't think it was possible. And look, all of those three have come more recently. I didn't think it was possible. I called up Lachlan Cameron one day and I said, Lachlan, is it possible to move forwards in everything at the same time? He said, yes, everything's possible. I was like, okay, okay. And that became the, the thing, the piece, this kind of holy grail for me was how can I do that? But it's intensely rare, right? Like, and that's the thing is like, there's always going to be something that requires you to pull your head out of the sand and look it in the face. And it takes courage to do that every month because it's easier just to not do it, sit on the couch and continue. Absolutely. But here's the thing, finding genuine harmony is probably going to be very rare and very hard to find, but without mm. actually having a vector by which you can analyze that, you're cast adrift without a map. You're just hoping, hoping that one day you might wake up and everything's gonna be great. And that to me sounds terrifying, <laughs> you know, just, just this idea of like, I don't know what I'm doing and if I just continue doing this, I guess maybe hopefully one day when I'm old, I think that's what happens, I'm gonna wake up and everything's just gonna be perfect and that's, Seems like a completely flawed uh, perspective. So look, I think we've covered over some really amazing principles, concepts, philosophies, and some tactical analysis that people can do as well. And uh, we'll, we'll include some diagrams and some, some annotations in the show notes for the listeners as well. It's very inspiring to be able to take control over your own life. I want to ask a couple of really quick questions before we wrap it up. What advice would you have for budding entrepreneurs or investors bearing in mind some people that are listening to this podcast they're not going to be interested in going out and starting their own business some might be yeah but taking the investor mindset the entrepreneurial mindset yeah well to follow the line of the podcast so far i would say that as an entrepreneur and an investor you have the wealth generation capacities 
of the highest performing athlete in the world. And in fact, many, many, many more times that. The highest performing entrepreneurs in the world earn hundreds of millions, billions of dollars more than the highest performing athletes. So why not train like an athlete? Why not show up with that mindset towards health? Why not eat the best foods available to you? Because what I found, and the biggest pattern, the number one pattern that I've seen in the 500 people that I've worked with is that people that focus on their health, there's a huge correlation. And not only a correlation, I would say that in 99% of cases seem to show up more effectively in business. How you do one thing seems to be how you do everything. And if you cannot eat the best foods available to you and train the body, that respect seems to find its way into the mind and into business and into your worth and into what you believe is possible, your capacity. So that'd be the number one thing. I did it on the weekend. I felt pressure. My family was here and I had work to do. And what I chose to sacrifice was I didn't go to the gym. I didn't do my yeah. workouts. So cool. Um, just really quick. What book are you reading right now? I am reading Why I Write by George Orwell. Very small book. It's about 80 pages. Started it last night. I'm really enjoying it. Fantastic. Fantastic. And speaking of books, do you know when your book's coming out? Uh, My book will be out that? middle of next year, I would say. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So still got a little way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. We'll be sure to let our listeners and the people that interact with us as a business to know about that because I think it's super powerful for people to be able to apply to their journey. Now, if this has been of interest to you and you know, you're excited by this, Ben, how can people um, get in touch with you if they want to know more about how they can inspire their own entrepreneurial journey or, or you know, how can they reach out to you in some way and get some meaningful contact? Yeah, so I've got a Facebook page. It says Ben Slater. You'll find me on there. I'm always sharing very broad philosophies. I like to think that I'm someone that you know, hits things from many different angles. And I've also got a website, leadflow.ai. Uh, so that's where we do a lot of the, the business stuff and primarily, and that's what I'm focused on at the moment, uh, but that will change, you know, in the next six months, it's going to be extending out. No matter who you are, what your goals are and where you want to go in life, you know, what we're covering today, the seed of life, you know, I can say for me that it's the one thing that has never left. It's the one thing that I, I religiously do and all of my success comes from that. It's my ability to stay accountable for who I'm becoming and who I want to be. And, you know, for me, it's been more meaningful than any tactic, any strategy that, I, that I've ever learned about business because it's so fundamental. So, yeah, I just encourage you to really hear that and respond to it and run that exercise. And if you want to join a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, busy professionals, young families, people finding success in real estate, life, business, and growth, you can join us in our Facebook group. So that's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Investor Lab. That's where we are building an online community of like-minded people who are, you know, as I say, seeking, seeking to create a life of freedom, choice, and abundance for themselves. And being able to bring these ideas into the space is, is super powerful. And I, hopefully, I think that's going to transform your investing journey, whether that be in real estate, business, or investing in yourself. Ben, I'd like to wrap up with a quote, which I've actually taken out of your Seed of Life journal, which I think is supremely appropriate to this. And it's by Hermes Trismegistus. Listen within yourself and look into the infinitude of space and time. There can be heard the songs of the constellations, the voices of the numbers, 
and the harmonies of the spheres. And with that, thanks for joining us. Thank you.